Welcome to the new normal of Truthsight TV. I am Nilantha Ilangamua. Today we are going to listen to the Israeli version of Palestine-Israel crisis and the prevailing political turmoil in Israel. My guest today is the Foreign Affairs Director at Likud Party. He was appointed by the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in 2016. Eli Hassan joining by me from his house in Jerusalem. Welcome to the new normal of Truthsight TV. Thank you. Thank you for having me. First of all, I want to know about uh, your your political beliefs. Why do you think this Likud party is the best party in Israel compared with other parties? What makes you join them? And what are the differences you have seen within Likud party from other political parties in the country? Like many other countries in the world, Israel is divided, it's divided between right and left conservatives and social democrats. Uh, I'm a free marketeer. I support strongly uh, in globalization from the economic point of view. On the other hand, I'm very nationalist. I'm conservative when you speak about nationalism. Uh, and Likud is exactly what I believe in. More than that, there is one more important reason why I support Likud strongly. And the answer is Benjamin Netanyahu. I truly believe that he is a once of a lifetime a leader. Uh, he has a great vision. He led the state of Israel into a peak that we've never seen that before. And I would say that those are the three main reasons why I support Likud strongly. By the way, I have criticism, but this is part of the open discussion inside the party, inside the bloc. We do not agree about everything. But in general, we believe in yeah, what are Sorry? the major points that you are not agree with the, the Prime Minister Netanyahu and the Likud party? Uh, first of all, I'm not speaking about the Prime Minister. I'm speaking about MKs of my party, who, for instance, they are a minority, but they support one-state solution. I'm against it. Uh, there are some of them who are socialists. I'm against them. I so you're supporting the two-state solution, if I'm correct? I'm supporting of the, of the status quo. In general, I'm supporting the deal of the century of Donald Trump, but I don't believe the Palestinians will accept it. Therefore, I believe in the status quo. Uh, the Palestinians has their own autonomy. They have the Palestinian Authority, while we are an independent state. Until they receive the conditions or the terms of the deal of the century, uh, we can proceed in this uh, situation. Right, right. But what we could see in the last few days, um, thousands of people are coming to the street against Prime Minister Netanyahu. <coughs> if, he is, uh, if he is this much good leader, why people are protesting against him? Because, again, I want to go back to the division between right and left in Israel. There is almost a draw between the two sides. And by the way, we used to demonstrate against the left wing before 1977 as well. I mean, for your knowledge, from 1949 until 1977, Israel was controlled by Labour Party. 
Uh, Israel is a democracy, and of course, people will go to demonstrate against the prime minister as much as we did in 2006 and 7 uh, against Prime Minister Olmert, who used to be belong to the left wing. Israel is a democracy. Right now, the left wing don't accept the situation, uh, and I will elaborate later about the condition of Netanyahu. But in general, this is part of democracy. There are many cases against the Prime Minister Netanyahu, especially regarding corruptions. Yeah, um, thank you for asking me this question. It is very important, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to answer. I want to go back to the, what I have described about the division between right and left in Israel. Uh, the left wing in Israel cannot defeat Netanyahu since he go, he go back to power in 2009. It is almost impossible for them to do it uh, in the ballot box. So therefore, they are looking for an alternative ways in order to take him down. I want to remind you, since 1997, Netanyahu had to deal with, pay attention to the number, 22 allegations, investigations uh, of police and things like that. 19 of them ended without nothing, nothing, completely nothing. And I, I believe that the last three will end with nothing. Right. Uh, uh, more than that, we truly believe that there is one law for the citizens of Israel and one law for Prime Minister Netanyahu, um, because what we call the old elite want to take him down. That's why the they want to take him down? Why? What's the problem with him? I tell you why. Because they lost the hegemony of the people. Again, from 1948 until 1977, they used to win the election every time. Eight election campaigns, they won. Since 1977, something has happened. More than that. Uh, they tried to replace Netanyahu many times, and they are not able to do it. Take, for instance, the last election. I mean, all the old establishment, the media, were, the left-wing war against Netanyahu, and nevertheless, they could not defeat him. In the end, we went into a unity government. Think what would happen to Netanyahu if he would compete without the lies and the campaign that goes against him by the left-wing, the media, and what we call the deep state and the old establishment. Nevertheless, they are not able to, to defeat him. Yeah, but Prime Minister don't have any majority in the Knesset, and he's uh, struggling to form the government. In fact, of course, now he has the government, but uh, there are series of elections by aiming to get the majority, but he was unable to do so. Yeah, but think about you. Think what would happen to you if a lot of all the establishment would go against you, if the media would go against you, you will be able, or your levels would be able to convince at least some of the people about you. Nevertheless, as I emphasized again, Netanyahu was able to win, although the, a lot of, you know, uh, people were against him in the state of Israel. But many people say the Prime Minister Netanyahu is not believing in peace, not believing in the permanent solution for this crisis. That may be the reason why these, uh, the people, including press and the, uh, in your term, this old elites and other communities are against him. I tell you what, first of all, uh, you, we need to remember that a lot of Israelis linked to the right wing because of the predictions of Netanyahu. Netanyahu was the one who said that Yasser Arafat is a terrorist. That is exactly what's happened when the left wing in Israel signed the peace treaty with the, the peace agreement with the Palestinians or the Oslo Accords, as we call it. Uh, he's interested in peace, but a real peace, not a fake peace that was led by Yasser Arafat who included a lot of terror actions against us. 
You live in Sri Lanka. You know exactly what terror is about. We felt it in Israel in the same way. In, in your case, it's more extreme, but we felt in the same way, the same actions, suicide bombers and things like that. And this is one, one of the reasons why Netanyahu is so strong in Israel. Now, we believe in peace, but we, live, we believe in a true peace. Do you mean the Prime Minister Netanyahu is believing in peace by taking more and more land from Palestine? No. First of all, it's too complicated to explain that, but don't forget. Since 1922, okay, or even before that, when the British mandate, when the British gets the mandate in 1920 from the League of Nations, it was promised to the Jews the whole land, including Judea and Samaria. And ever since, we needed to give up more and more lands to the Palestinians. Now, after 1967, when we released Judea and Samaria, there is a, a new reality. There is a Palestinian society there, and we do not ignore that. On the other hand, more uh, Israeli settlers has arrived in Judea and Samaria. What we are doing as part of the deal of the century was to extend the Israeli sovereignty, pay attention, it is very important. Not all Judea and Samaria, because you have the Palestinian Authority in parts of Judea and Samaria, but in the same places where Jews are living, when citizens of Israel are living. And that is the whole story. I tell you what, we came to the conclusion that we are not going to uproot anyone from his land. Arab will stay in his land, a Jew will stay in his land. Therefore, we decided, and this is a very creative uh, thought, about extending the Israeli sovereignty into a places in Judea and Samaria where Jews are living. But in the same time, why most of the Israeli people, including Israeli security officials, are against mm -hmm. this so-called annexation? The plan has been, of course, the time being, uh, the plan has been postponed for the time being, and you can tell us about the reasons behind it. But why most of the people in Israel, just forget about the international community, just forget about the Palestinian parties and the Arab countries, but Israel is against Prime Minister's plan? First of all, I don't think it's true. Don't forget, before the third election campaign, it was a promise of Netanyahu that we are going to extend the Israeli sovereignty in Judea and Samaria. He gets the majority in a party, 36 seats, next to 33 of the rivals of blue and white. It's completely untrue. I don't know if you read the Haaretz newspaper from Israel, but it doesn't give the truth at all. Besides that, it depends who do you ask in the end. And don't forget that right now we have the Knesset, 120 legislators, that right now 61 of them already announced that they are in favor of the extension of the Israeli sovereignty, what you call annexation. If you yeah, but, 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 but this news story published in one of the news media in Israel reported that at least 41 former Israeli security officials are against the annexations. In fact, they have written a letter to the Democrats in the U.S. who are supporting for their viewpoints. And they are, they, in the letter, they are thanking for opposing Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's plan in, of the, the annexation of the, of the West Bank. And this is, uh, this is significant, and the signatories in this letter are including former uh, Mozart chief and the Sinbet, head of Sinbet, and also some leading uh, defense uh, ministers as well. First, first uh, two things you have to remember. First of all, Israel is a democracy. And if the majority in the parliament are in favor, so it means the majority is in favor, 
That's the truth, 61 out of 120. That's democracy, unless you have a different definition to democracy, I don't know that. This is one thing. The second, if you remember previously, I was speaking about the old elite and the new elite. It is not a secret that most of the Israeli generals, the Israeli army, the IDF, most of his commanders belongs to what we call the old elite. The leftist, I mean, this is their right, of course. Israel is a democracy. Uh, and of course, they promote what they believe in. I tell you what's the problem, what is the challenge of ours? That they tell a lot of lies. For instance, they publish some sort of ways and polls about the, uh, the extension of sovereignty. That's right. what's co completely not, not right. Before I ask this next question, I want to show you this map, if you can clearly see it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you see? I like, I you, like this map. Do you, you believe know, in this map? Month. Do you believe in this map? Yes, very much. Okay, then, but according to... to the map, you can see, you can see the part of Israel, the part of Palestine, the, 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 the land of the Palestine, which was existing in 1917. And now this is 2020. And this is the, yeah. the, 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 Israel, the Palestine territory. And what yeah. on earth do they can have their own governing system in this kind of uh, shattered land? territory. I reply by saying that this is the homeland of the Jews. There are, of course, Palestinians who live in Judea, Samaria, and Gaza. But this is the homeland of the Jews. We were expelled from our country for 2,000 years. Then we back. In 1917, the same year that you showed the map, the British uh, government promised to the Jews they were the sovereign of the land since 1919, until 1948. They promised us a land. In 1937, for instance, the British uh, suggested to divide the state, Palestine, into two states. The Palestinians said no, and we said yes. Look what's happened. We get more. Let's go back to 1948. The Palestinians said no. We said yes, we get more. And that is the equation. That is the equation. More than that, every time since 1917, the Arabs, by the way, the Palestinians were not Palestinians until 1964, if you check the facts. I mean, they used the phrase Palestinians only in the 1960s or maybe before, but it was become, it has become common in, in the 1960s. Now, more than that, more than that, it is very important to remember that uh, in the end, there is a reality. Unfortunately, every time the Palestinians said no, and by the way, they threat to annihilate the Jews, specifically. And if you want, I can bring you more and more and more quotes of uh, Arab leaders of that time. We don't deal with this. We right. deal in building communities. Unfortunately, that's what not the Palestinians did since 1994. They deal with incitement, death, uh, corruption since 1994 when they created the Palestinian Authority. We are dealing with building communities and helping one to each other with a lot of cooperation. You can ask the Indians, for instance, about the cooperation with Israel, about finding a vaccine into the COVID-19. You can ask African countries about the help of Israel. In any case, if I have to conclude, the Israelis or the Jews, who is the Arab minority inside, is dealing with building life while the Palestinians and the Arabs dealing, not all of them, but at least the leadership, is dealing with death. And that is the explanation to the map you have presented to me.
Do you believe in international law? Yes, this is the same international law that was given us in 1920, according as to we, the British yes, we, As you told, told me, of course, there, there is a chronology of the events in the, in the past few decades. But most of the conventions came into effort, or uh, most of the conventions were ratified afterwards. So we can't rely always about this biblical stories or historical facts to find let the answer. Let me, what I, let me tell you what I rely on. I rely on myself and about reality. Let me give an example, a very interesting one. I'm speaking with you from Jerusalem. Jerusalem right. under, under Israeli sovereignty. In 1947, it was supposed to be, if you go back to the UN Resolution 181, it was supposed to be under UN control. In the end of the war, it has been a new reality. West Jerusalem under Israeli sovereignty and East Jerusalem under Jordanian sovereignty. In the end, we have a reality. And by the way, that is the same reality in Northern Cyprus by the Turkish uh, occupation. It is the same reality in Western Sahara. It is the same reality that at least 16 territories is occupied by France, some others occupied by Britain, and the world is in silence. In the end, it depends how strong you are. You, you are the, the, the director of foreign affairs at the Likud Party, and you have better understanding about the international reputations and what is the importance of having international reputation for any country. But there are many reports, including, the, including uh, your own uh, the parliamentarians, the Nefet members, and the ministers, and the other senior officers are saying the Israelis is isolating uh, because of certain policies of the Prime Minister Netanyahu. East Israeli is facing this crisis of isolation within her own friends, as well as the other neutral parties. First of all, I don't believe this, it is completely true. I want to remind you that 30 years ago, I could not speak with you because you're Sri Lankan and I'm in Israel. Today we do it. I can tell you the same story about India, about Russia, about China, about African countries. In the end, our international situation becoming much better thanks to Netanyahu. Of course, we have disagreement with some of our allies about extension of sovereignty, but nevertheless, don't forget that there are some other countries, such as Hungary, Austria, and of course, United States. Although they have some criticism, in the end, they understood, they understood the importance of the State of Israel. Let me quote this uh, the report uh, or the press release issued by the UN uh, uh, High Commission for Human Rights, uh, Mitchell uh, Bachel. And she said uh, regarding this annexation, uh, the court, the uh, annexation is illegal, the period. And any annexation, whether it is 30% of the West Bank or 5%, I urge Israel to listen to its own former senior officials and generals, as well as to the multitude of voices around the world, warning it not to proceed along this dangerous path. And if I may quote, including this, uh, the, the General Secretary of the UN also said that uh, this is the violation of the international law. And also the, the, the European Union already won against this file, saying that if you annex this land, you will face serious consequences. But in the same time, strangely, you are just arguing that uh, Israel is not isolating and they are winning the strength. I don't understand about this paradox. It's more than that. It's more than that. Let me go back to 1948. Before we declared the establishment of the state, the state of Israel, it, has, it was a big pressure against Ben-Gurion, don't do it. By the way, 
even by the Americans who didn't want us to be to get hurt because we were a minority. Uh, but we did it against all odds. More than that, in 1981, we annexed the Golan Heights. The international community, including the United States, uh, objected it. Nevertheless, this is the reality. Today, the Golan Heights is flourish. You can come there and see how we developed the area. In the end, it is a matter of reality. But one can ask you, Israel is not listening to the international community. They are not obeying international laws and conventions. It is completely untrue. That has been the pattern of the, of the it's been, since it's established in 1948. Therefore, it is creating a sort of serious situation. Well, in the end, you have to understand there is a reality. They can say whatever they want about the international law, but there is a reality. Instead of dealing with Israel, which is the, sco- which is the scapegoat of the international community, they should deal with the massacre in Syria. They should deal with other... Uh, tyrant countries, they should deal with other issues in the world. We are a democracy, and we are trying to thrive in a very hostile surrounding. There, there is uh, more than 400,000 settlers who live in Judea and Samaria. We don't go to abandon them. That's the truth. Okay, let me quote again the, the report issued by the Human Rights Council, the report of the Special Rapporteur on the Situation of Human Rights in the Palestinian Territories of the Palestinians, 19th. 67. In that report, regarding this arbitrary detention, the rapporteur mentioned, saying that, quote, Israel has continued its use of arbitrary detention, including administrative detention, without charge. At the end of March 2020, there were around 5,000 Palestinian political prisoners in Israel prison, including 432 administ- administrative detainees and 43 women prisoners. In addition, 183 of these prisoners were <clears> children, 20 under the age of 16. I mean, this is horrible. This is uh, the reality that we live in here is horrible. I want to remind you, again, you, are, you live in Sri Lanka. You suffer from terrorism. We suffer from terrorism as well. We do it not because like the reality, because we need to protect ourselves. On the other hand, the same writer, he doesn't write anything about the human rights violation in the Palestinian Authority, about what's happened in Gaza with Hamas. You know that if you are homosexual, you cannot live in those territories. In Israel, you can do it. In the end, it is justified. Um, and we must do it. We must protect ourselves. Look what's happened when we, did, we didn't do it. In 2001, 2002, hundreds of, of Israelis were killed. I would prefer to save my life, then save, you know, human rights with all due respect. But uh, what about the right of, of me to live? That's a difference. Yeah, but yeah, about this 183 of children who are... If they use that, again, but what about my life? What about my life? I want to live. They use terror. By the way, they kill people. For instance, if you want, I can send you pictures from 2015 when 14 years old, chasing after Israeli, uh, young, young Israeli, and start stabbing. So you, you said these, these all children who are in prison are terrorists? Yeah, the answer is yes, we don't do it for nothing. But uh, according to this report, they said it's uh, detentions without charge. Thousands of people are in prisons without any. Time. This is the same report. This is the same report who doesn't write anything 
about Israelis as a, as a victims of terror. Nothing, anything. When right. they will start to do it, when they will start to do it, I will believe to this report. But not right now, I know that it's, it, I know it sounds very bad, but in the end, I have no other choice. And let me tell you one more thing. We have 20% minority of Muslims in Israel. They don't suffer from the same treatment. You ever ask yourself why? Because they are citizens of the state of Israel. If they don't use people, so therefore one will persecute them. Think about it. But if, if, yeah, if you don't don't believe in this uh, UN report, why aren't you allow them to come to the come to the place and mm-hmm. see the truth on the ground? Why you are not allowing them to visit? Well, they wrote this report after they were visiting in Israel. By the way, do you remember the Goldstone report of 2009? Yes, I do remember, but in this report, very clearly say, listen, the special rapporteur would like to know that he has not been granted access to the occupied Palestinian territory, nor has his request to meet with the permanent representative of Israel to the United Nations been accepted. Why are you denying listening to I was listening to you carefully. I want to take you back to the Goldstone report because it's, right. it's relevant. The same Goldstone wrote this report in 2000, after 2009, he said that some of his things in the report was untrue. It's very simple. And again, if you want to understand this kind of report, please understand the context. What would you say if I, if you, if you, I will blame you as a Sri Lankan who is trying to defend himself by using unproportionate power against the law? How would you respond? And you can understand me because you are suffering from the same phenomenon of terrorism. I don't get up in the morning and, and in the morning and say, "Yes, I'm going to arrest children." It doesn't work like that. Israel is a democracy, and unfortunately, we need to do some things in order to protect ourselves. I know it is not political correctness, but I couldn't care less because I care about my life and the life of the citizens of the state. There's a serious allegation in prevailing now that there is a serious allegations against the Israeli forces and international criminal court is filing case against you. And we, denounce, we denounce those allegations. We believe that those are fake allegations. Uh, we have, it's not only us, it's the Americans as well, and every logical Western country that we have a big uh, thing with the international uh, uh, criminal court in Hague, we believe they are mistaken, we believe that they are controlled by non-democratic countries, and therefore we will fight it as much as we can. Yeah, and throughout the interview you have criticized the NGOs, you have criticized the UN bodies, now you have criticized the International Criminal Court and all. But what is the best alternative you are just proposing for to solve this problem? Because we need to find the solution uh, to table the lasting peace in this area. We both understood about the pain of war, pain of the, the you know, But you tend to forget that those organizations are controlled by non-democratic countries. For instance, let's speak, for instance, about the Committee of Human Rights in the United Nations. It is controlled by North Korea. It, is, it used to be controlled by Libya. It used to be controlled by Syria. All of them they are not promoting human rights. 
So if the international uh, institutions look like that, I couldn't care less about them. This right. is why we admire, we admire Donald Trump very much, because Donald Trump is very logical. He understood what many people in the world already understood. More than that, I want to tell you that some of the Europeans who used to criticize Israel, they rethink again and again and again. Let me tell you an example. There are a lot of European countries who finance the Palestinian Authority, the education system there. There is a big incitement, not only against us, the Jews and Israel, but against Christians, against the European countries. And more and more countries, Norway was the last one, started to rethink about distributing money to those targets. If that's so, I'm, I'm very happy. There is a progress in that regard. You are the director of Foreign Affairs at the Likud Party, and what's your mission, and what, how far you have been succeeded? It is a good question. I hate to speak about my, myself, but uh, I'll try to do it in a very, um, very effective way. Uh, I have missions, in fact, I have three missions in my life. First of all, protect the state of Israel as much as I can. Uh, second, to promote the ideas of Likud and Prime Minister Netanyahu. And third, to promote connection among people all around the world, thanks to the free market and globalization. This is how I see my duty uh, in the world. That's what I do. By the way, to, uh, this week we signed an agreement with a party in Venezuela. The, same, the, the name is Vente, a free marketeer party in Venezuela, uh, an agreement of cooperation between Likud and Vente in order to promote cooperation. And that's what we do. That's what we believe in. Moreover, you spoke about the treatment to the Palestinians according to the UN report. I want to remind you that a lot of Palestinians using Israeli hospitals in order to be recured. This is our honor. This is our privilege. We believe in life. And please do remember that when you criticize Israel. Okay. So tell me about what is your plan for the, for the next coming few years, especially regarding this uh, relationship between Asian countries, including Sri Lanka. And while I understand there are thousands of Sri Lankans are working in Israel, you have given tremendous opportunity for them to work there. So tell, tell me about what's your plans for the future uh, regarding the relationship between this area. The main target is to expand cooperation. Israel is good in some you know, sectors such as high-tech, fintech, nanotechnology and things like that. We are specializing in agriculture. In the mission of our life is to help to the world, to expand the relation in order to give more life uh, to people and to make life more, I would say, enjoyable. That is the, the target of the Israelis, I would say. Eli Hassan, thank you for your time. Thank you for joining our show. And we wish you all the best and stay safe and well. I would like to say thank you and have a great evening.